What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes, the only show where the hosts today grew up in the View Askew universe long before Marvel or DC had their extended universes. I'm your host, Nick James. With me today is a new guy to the show, but I already have a feeling deep down that he will be a recurring character around here. Please welcome Mr. Joe Garippo. Hello, everybody. How's it going? So Joe here is one of the great examples of why the internet is so great. We only met for the first time just days ago, person to person, but we've been friends communicating for over two years now. And it's great that you were able to come here and join the podcast. We have a very specific topic about today that we're going to talk about. It's what brought us together. Uh, if it's your first time to this show, let me just walk you through it really quick. Buds, Bros, and Superheroes is our name. It's also what we're going to be talking about a little bit tweaked today. Like I said, it's special, but Buds is about if you're a traveler of the green, you're going to enjoy that section. Bros, we're going to talk about how we met, different things that we're up to, and then finally in the Superheroes, we're going to talk about... I think I'm going to bury the lead here. I'm going to surprise everybody to make sure they'll figure it out once we get all the way to the very end. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. If you're on YouTube, if you're following on any of those things, that's super great. I thank you so much. The best thing anybody could do is just, like, tell a friend about us. That would be super appreciated because if you have a friend who likes Buds, Bros, or Superheroes, you got a fucking show for them, guys. Enough with the intro. Enough with the madness. Let's just get straight on into this with the Buds section. So, Joe... Are yeah. you a traveler of the green? Absolutely. Great. How long have you been one, if you don't mind talking about it a little bit? Uh, I started a little bit later. I, I, uh, I'm 34 now. I started when I was, I guess, 22. I was always under the impression that it was super bad for you until, you know, people, you know, educated me otherwise. So it's like, oh, and I prefer it way, way more to drinking, so... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Me too. So as a traveler of the green, uh, at last time, what we were talking about is some stoner etiquette. Would you mind going through a little bit of that and seeing if we have any stories that come up as we talk about it? Stoner etiquette. Um, well, I always, if you have any and people are over, I always share. I mean, that's so it's I always offer. Um, but yeah, um, I don't know. What about you go first? I <laughs> Well, for this, actually, we had a list. So if you were listening to last week's episode, anybody out there, we went through, I can't even remember the number because we ended up mushing a few together. Some of them were just kind of redundant. And I think we'll do the same again right now. So the list ended off. What we could start with is clear the chamber. So if you are clearing or if you are sharing a piece, like have you ever been handed a bong with like that weed that's still, it's not burning out of the bowl itself, but it's left inside. Mm -hmm. That's the fucking grossest nonsense that's ever been. <laughs> I hate that hot breath shit so much. And it's like, no, 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 no. Why did you start something that you couldn't finish? Like, that's for you. You finished that. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. What others, man? I'm trying to think. There's uh, always pass it to the left, right? That's always. Yeah. Uh, um, and definitely don't Bogart was on the, the one Bogart. from last week. Puff, puff, pass, right? Yeah. That's... I believe, actually, those were the three that we put together into one. So next on the list here is never blow smoke in someone else's face. And that was like one on the list like last week. It's didn't really even need to be said. It's kind of fucking stupid that anybody would even have to put that down. But they had to, I guess. Yeah, agreed. Unless they specifically ask you to, which is, I don't think anybody's ever done that, though. I mean, not not to me personally. Maybe they have. I'm sure I'm sure someone has. Uh <laughs> Number 15 here is don't pass a cashed bowl. Like, that That would actually be like, come on, why are you doing that? Yeah, there's nothing in here, man. 
why would you do that? Why would you be mean to me and just pass that? Or if you pass it, at least it better have like a little container where there's more weed. And it's like, come on, I'm just too high. You do it. Because then I'd understand. Sometimes I get too high and I'm like, I don't I don't know what to do right now with my fingers. And I can't communicate with the digits down there and what's going on. It's been so long since I've been around a lot of people. Like I'm trying to remember. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> with Good. COVID and everything. Point. I'm like, I'm trying to... It's, it's been it's been a long time since I've since I've had like sharing. I can't. Uh, I'm just trying to I'm just trying to remember them now. How about never throw a bong, kid? Well, do, do well, of course. But do people do that? I think that's specifically a quote. Have you seen Grandma's Boy? Oh yeah. Okay. When Rob Schneider yeah, kicks yeah, him out, yeah. he goes, "Oh, you forgot your smoking piece," and he throws it, <laughs> and he goes, "That's your fault too." And then he's explaining it to Dante. He's like, "You never throw a bong, kid. That's right. Ever." It's been a while since I've seen that, but yes, I do like that movie. <laughs> that same scene opens when he goes, and he goes, he's naked, answer the door. And he goes, why weren't you answering your door? And he goes, whoa, man, like I'm putting on my Christmas lights. And he goes, dude, it's July. <laughs> and he's naked, and he goes, oh, man, your ass is more tan than my face. This shit will turn you into a deer. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be dangerous when you get the lion. Whoa, he's right. I lit. I literally ran into him at Cannabis Cup in Colorado. Um, Peter Dante was was running, like jogging, and he ran into me. And then was like, sorry, and then kept going. And that was that was the extent of our interaction. <laughs> That's a cool story, though. So tell me about that background. What was that? Oh, I went to, when was this? It was like five years ago, six years ago, maybe. I, the cannabis cup was in Colorado and we went there to, we went there to help our friend. We were supposed to film something. We never wound up filming anything. We just wound up helping him set up his booth at the cannabis cup, um, which was interesting because you can't sell, you couldn't sell it, but you could sell packets and give away seeds with the packets or whatever. That was like the loophole to get around it was it was weird. I I mean, I'm glad I went to work and not pay for it because it would I would have been like a lot of money for I don't know. <laughs> it's if you if you wanted to grow your own stuff, it, it's perfect. Like if you want the seeds and stuff. But if you're going just like as a fan of smoking weed, it's it's not the same. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. I bet that's the same. I got something for the Pennsylvania Cannabis Festival in Cutstown. I don't know how far that is from you, but I don't think that's too close to me either. But I think it's the same thing of kind of like, yeah, if you want to, if you're thinking you're going to go there and just light up all the time, like, no, that's, that's not what's going on. I mean, people were smoking everywhere. I mean, but it is legal in Colorado, but like at the time it was too, it wasn't like, um, but you're not, there's still like things you're not supposed to do, but it was like, nobody really cared, but like you weren't legally supposed to sell it in that venue. You know what I mean? Um, interesting. It, it was an interesting experience. I, what you could sell, they could sell edibles, and I ate entirely too much, and and <laughs> I, it was like a giant Rice Krispie treat, and I ate the whole thing like at once, which was a mistake. <laughs> I've done that once as well, also in the same state, and I was out to dinner, and I just realized like, oh shit, you have overserved yourself, and shit just went downhill from there and it was it was a pretty pretty bad 17 minutes i'd say and then after that it mellowed out and then probably after close to an hour everything was fine 
I don't know how I would have done though if I was what were you still outside in that giant space? Oh yeah, like with so many people, hundreds, thousands of people maybe around. No way. Nope. Was, couldn't do I, it. I was, I was. I mean, I was fine. I wasn't freaking out or anything. It was just like I was so tired that I was like falling asleep. That's just basically what was happening at that point. Um. Yeah, that <laughs> not recommend doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah, edibles, we've talked about it on the show before. Edibles are much more of a different experience. It turns to a different, absolutely different thing in your tummy. THC is not in there. It turns to something with the word octo in it, though I can't really fully remember. It's, it's a crazy time. <laughs> so the last one that I want to talk about for the stoner etiquette, and then we can head into the second uh, second section of the bud section. So we're going double diving there, if you will, is to make everyone feel fucking welcome. I'm goddamn right, man. I think that's the way. The only way to travel the green is to let everyone in, is to let everyone feel comfortable, know that they're having a good time, and have everyone's back while they're smoking. Just be a cool dude. Agreed. Have you ever and been I, with a dick that's like harsh or buzz? Oh God, yeah, um, it's the yeah, worst. Absolutely, and yeah, I I agree with you completely, and and I think that goes along with the point I said earlier of always like I always offer and share, and if people decline, you know, I don't force it. You know, it's all right, no problem. Nice. So, like I said, the other thing I wanted to talk to you specifically about, which will kind of let everybody know the theme around the episode, but they'll have read the name by then, so it's all for naught. Is Kevin Smith. And he's got three types of weed. And I wanted to know, did you have, were you out there? Were you able to try anything? Have you gone out to see anything? I have not, I have not been able to try any of the strains yet. And I want to very badly. Um, when I, I was in Oregon and I was in, I was in Oregon for a work thing not too long ago. And I asked the people at the dispensary if they had it, but that specific dispensary did not, um, I haven't been able to try it yet. I want to though. I did order my um Snoochie gummies, the CBD gummies though. They should be here. I don't know when. Yeah, I think the thing that probably happened was, if I read correctly, they launched for the movie, and really the end of the tour was only a few months right before everything started getting locked down. Mm-hmm. So anything of him traveling to try to get it spread out of California, I don't think really happened yet. I don't think it has. Um. And all the places I've been to where it's legal, they haven't. I haven't been able to get. It's the first thing I ask. Um, even here um, in the medical, there's a medical dispensary around the corner from my house. I asked them if they had it. They did not. So yeah, I haven't been able to try it yet. Yeah, it must be a California thing. So next time I'm out there, I'm gonna gonna have to try them. I think the names are fucking amazing. Yes. So he's got uh, indica called Snoogans. Mm-hmm. A sativa called Snoochie Boochies and a hybrid called Berserker, all made by Caviar Gold, which is apparently the only shit like he was talking for a while. The only shit that really gets him toasted anymore. Yeah, that's why I want to try it because I mean I I do smoke a lot and um I think uh, I don't know I just want to try you know I want to try it. <laughs> I'm just having yeah been finding to... finding a good strain to still get you toasted is hard. I actually forgot to open up this section the way I almost always do of uh, asking, what are you smoking on? Are you smoking during this? I mean, I can be. I didn't know. <laughs> and, yeah, no, we can be. <laughs> okay. Then um, I really have absolutely no idea what, what strain this is. I have no idea. It's definitely an indica, though. Oh, but nice, I don't know nice, the name nice. of it. I'm more of an indica guy. Well, I guess it depends on what I'm doing. I, if, 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 if I'm working, I guess, or, like, 
in the zone, then you know, then I'll do a sativa. That's what I have. I'm still working off in our area. I go to the Harvest. Again, it's it's just a nice shout out. Never an ad. I love those fucking guys. But you would think with how often I go there that I would have an exclusive deal with them, dude. But just the best <laughs> deal, dude. You can get a fucking eighth of small buds on Monday for ten dollars off. So it's an eighth for forty bucks. Oh, dude, can I tell you? I was amazed since we're both we we're both located in Pennsylvania, right? I was absolutely amazed when I was in Oregon and a quarter ounce was twelve dollars. No, I, I was like, are you are you kidding me? Like pre-rolled, packaged. I think it was it was. I mean, it was a quarter ounce pre-packed, pre-rolled for twelve to thirteen dollars, something like that. And I was just like, that's that's what. Like, <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> I could not believe how cheap it was um, compared to here. <laughs> like it's like, oh my god. And that's uh, recreationally legal there. Yes. All right, I got to tell my wife we're going to Oregon. What's in Oregon? Anything like other than that? Like one of those big balls of twine or the largest fucking frying pan or some shit like that? <laughs> I actually might be moving there. Um, really? Yeah, if one of these things happen that I can't really talk about on here, but um, if one of, they ha- one of them happen, I might be moving there. A friend of mine has a studio space and also a lot of stop motion stuff's in Portland. Like a lot of the... um. Leica Studios, is that how you say it? Um, Will Vinton Studios eventually became that, if I'm not mistaken. But they did, you know, like Coraline. All the stop motion movies are were all made in that studio, which is located in Portland. There's also um, one of my friends, the guy I've been working with, who I made that show Brew Crew. That I made a show Brew Crew. Everybody, it's streaming now on Facebook if you want to watch it. But um, the the guy I wrote, he lives out there too. He's the one that would have the space. Um, but yeah, it's recreationally legal and just unbelievably cheap. Uh, it was like I, <laughs> I could not believe how cheap it was. I don't know. I, I I've been to California and Colorado, and I can't remember. I don't think it was that cheap. It might it might be. I did both of those states back to back. Not this last summer. I guess it was the one before that. Fucking COVID's fucked me up. So yeah, if we're coming in, yeah, it must have been two years ago. And it wasn't, it definitely, no, there's no fucking way anything was 12 or $13. I guarantee that. No pre-rolls, no nothing like that it was 12 or $13. I could not believe that, dude. And I don't think that was a special or anything. I was just like, my friend Zach was like, yeah, no, that's how just how much it is. It was like, it's like, I get that every week. That's like my, that's what I get every week. I was like, because he doesn't smoke as much as me, but I was just like, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> that is crazy how cheap that is uh <laughs> in comparison to what like a quarter ounce i think it's like 70 like well depending on where it's like 70 to 100 i think the dispensary around the corner for me it's like a hundred dollars for a quarter that's a lot of money <laughs> could not agree with that any fucking more and i'm i'm located in philadelphia in the city so i don't know uh, new jersey just legalized it we'll see what happens over there um, I wonder how expensive it'll be. Yeah, apparently nothing's like walk-in ready yet. It'll, I know that. And it'll probably be. A I didn't know that. I don't know exactly when. I have no idea, but it will probably be. I wonder. I do wonder how expensive it'll be. I just thought that like the medical people would be able to open their doors full open, just like boom, everyone come in now. But apparently that's not how that goes at all. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
with that, I think we're going to close on out of the bud section. It was fun only because you kind of led us into the bro section of what I want to talk about, getting to know each other a little bit more with your stop motion stuff. And talk, just tell us a little bit about yourself, man. Uh, well, I, I'm an actor and a filmmaker, and I've been doing stuff since I was 13 years old. Um, me and my friends made some feature films. I was in a movie with Corey Feldman where I get killed with a chainsaw called Six Degrees of Hell. That's on Tubi if anybody wants to watch it. Um, another one called Nobody Gets Out Alive. Clint Howard was in that. The Dark Military, that's streaming on Prime and Tubi and Plex. A lot of like indie horror movies. I've just been in a lot of stuff, like random little stuff. And um, a couple years ago, I just started doing claymation videos for fun. And um, some people saw them and now that's kind of what I've been doing. Yeah. So that's me. That's what I, that's my backstory. And we met through the internet, kind of alluded up before, through a similar love of Kevin Smith. Yes. So another kind of thing of like, how long have you been a fan of him? Since Dogma came out. And I, I remember specifically, I wanted to see Dogma because I had no idea who Kevin Smith was. I had no idea who Jay and Silent Bob were. I just wanted to see this movie because I Chris Rock was in it and I thought it looked funny and then when I saw the movie the Jay and Silent Bob characters just stole it like I just thought they were the funniest thing in that movie and I was just like these guys are amazing once again had no idea about the VSQ universe I had no idea that they were in other movies and then I just happened to be in my video store and I saw the cover of Mallrats and I and I saw Jay and Silent Bob in the bottom corner and I was like those are the guys from dogma and then i read the back and i was like it's they're the same characters from dogma uh, and because it said giant silent bob and, I, and then i watched that and then at the end of that it said they'll return in chasing amy so i rented that and then the guy at the video store told me about clerks because i would have had no idea and then and then that summer or two summers when, when was that i guess two summers later is when giant silent bob strike back came out yeah something like that um so yeah ever since and i was what, like 12 or 13 when that movie came out so yeah i've been a fan and then i used to i was so obsessed i used to like i said i was an actor i would go on auditions and do monologues from the movie and then like these people must have just been mortified because here's this like 13 year old kid like this one time my cousin walter got this cat stuff, <laughs> and, and, like it, like i never got any of those parts or anything but I, it was just funny because i would literally do those monologues I'd be like, so all these movies take place in a small town called Sherman in, in, in Illinois where all the honeys are top shelf, but all the dudes are whiny pussies. Except for John Nelson, he was fucking harsh. But the best thing was, no one was dealing, man. So I thought we could live like fat rats for the blunt connection of Sherman, Illinois. So we gathered some money of our own and we caught a bus. We know what the fuck we found out when we got there. There is no Sherman in Illinois. Movies are fucking bullshit. I did that so many times. <laughs> Very impressive. Hold on. Wait one second. Wait, wait, wait. I just started later i did the whole scene just i cut out her responses and stuff but i would do it as a monologue and i would it would like once again i'm like 13 years old though so like it's not, it's not like an age appropriate thing for me to be doing um but yeah that's how far back my my love for him goes it's funny you mentioned that scene because the first thing that I really remember after I pieced it together was my parents watching that. And I came down and Jay and Silent Bob were there. And up to that point, it's it's kind of in and out on whether or not it's quote unquote appropriate. 
And then they're sitting there, and he asks if it's true that a chick farts after you blast her in the ass. Uh, and I fucking crack up, and my mom goes out. Like, that was the line at that time. And out, <laughs> out, out, out. Because maybe I was, like, seven or eight. So then fast forward to middle school, and uh, a friend down the street moves in. Well, he moves in down the street and became my friend. And he knew everything about movies. And I said to him, have you ever, like, do you know this movie where this happens? Because it always stuck in my brain because it was funny. And he goes, yeah, you're talking about Dogma. And I was like, you know what it is. Can we watch it? And he led me into the Viewers universe. So by the time, I think Clerks 2 is the only one I saw in theater. I don't, I think I could have seen Jersey Girl, but I don't, I don't really remember. I definitely remember like, oh, Clerks 2, though, that's coming out. But everything up to that point, I just, I got flooded with all at once of like, all right, here, watch this. And all right, this is Clerks. And then by the time I got to Jay and Son Bob Strike Back, it's like, oh, this is, this is great. Look at all these movies talking together. I fucking understand every joke and every reference. And it just kept getting better and better. Yeah. And it's funny because I don't know why I related to those characters specifically because I'm so not like those characters at all. I mean, I didn't, like I said, I didn't smoke weed until I was in my, like, until I was like 22. So when I first saw those movies, it wasn't like I got the pot humor or anything like that. It was, it, I thought they were slapsticky fun and I love that about them. Uh, yeah. I, I really don't know why. I mean, other than they're really funny, but they're like so opposite of how I am personally that it's, but I love them so much. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. And that definitely hit with mall rats for me at the time. It's still up there. I don't know. It's not the number one spot, but when I was younger and first introduced to it, it was the number one because it is the most slapsticky in that, in my opinion, of the viewers universe. And then, of course, too, you got the lady with the third nipple. And that's pretty much just like, wow, that's something like this is crazy. What's going on? And then finally, evident of the show, they're talking about fucking superhero stuff. And that for me is just like ding, 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 like, holy shit. Like he just said Wolverine. He said He's, he's imitating what he's doing with his adamant. He said adamantium claws. What the fuck is going on? Like, how does he know these words? Like, so, yeah, it was absolutely just mind blowing. And then, of course, too, like th that opening with those covers is fun as fuck. Yeah. Plus that opening monologue just hooks you. Like one time my cousin Walter got this cat stuck in his ass. It happened at our local mall. So, thing so like it, it just just hooks you right in. And then but I think my favorite, I guess it's. Clerks 2, mainly just because of where I'm at in my life, I relating to it the most. Um, it, I, and this has my this list has changed constantly. It's, it's not like like right now, Clerks 2 is my favorite of all of them. Um, but at one point, Dogma was my favorite. At one point, Clerks 1 was my favorite. And it's just like, I don't know. I love them all. Chasing Amy was never my favorite. I love that movie too, but it was. But, Mainly because Jay and Bob were in it the least amount. That was why I didn't like it the most. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it was, and I love Kevin and everything that the dude has made, but it was Jay and Bob that really, like, I loved. So anything with those guys is just, you know, I'll take it. <laughs> I would agree that I came to love Chasing Amy more, but it still was, I don't think it ever took the number one, kind of back to the comic thing for a quick second of like, I like that side of the business and, they mm -hmm. threw their own Comic Con, and that's a lot of fun. And there's an Inker joke that I know for sure actually goes around like Inkers in real life comic book. Like they will look at each other and go, Your mother was an Inker. And like <laughs> not get really offended, like, but they understand between themselves. So that was fun. But I always felt I couldn't, uh, 
I don't know why I just can't watch that one as much as I could watch the other ones, like just on repeat. Yeah, I think it's 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 more serious too. It's still funny, but it's not as like it's I guess the most realistic of all the movies, right? Because everyone has stuff that really like the clerks. She has sex with a dead guy, like things like that probably wouldn't actually happen. Um, Mallrats is like a cartoon. Chasing Amy is like the most grounded in reality. Then you got Dogma, which is like a fantasy kind of thing, and then you got. Chainsaw Bob Strike Back, which is another cartoon. And then Clerks 2, which is pretty grounded with the exception of like the musical number and yeah. things like that. So and the donkey show, like things like that. So like and then Reboot, which is also another kind of cartoon. Yeah, I feel like they wouldn't get out of that scenario at the beginning of Reboot as quickly as they did. It doesn't matter how good their fucking lawyer is. <laughs> and that's another thing, is is Zach and Miri part of the Viewisk universe now? Because I know he said that 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 is supposed to be Brandon St. Randy, but it's never specifically said and we still so like is 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 that is Zach and Miri part of the Viewisk universe now? I love Yeah, that. that's good enough for me. For Kevin to say that even though it's never said, but that is him, that's good enough for me because he is the god in the viewers universe. So if he says that's him, whether or not he says his fucking name out loud, that's Brandon St. Randy. All right. Then then I'll I count. call it canon. Yeah, I'll count it. And then what is it? Um, super groovy cartoon movie. Also like uh, I don't like that. No. I don't love it. No, I mean it's not my favorite of all of them either. Um, but I like it for because of how like it was made independently. It was um like the story behind how that movie was made is pretty interesting. Um, it's Jay's baby, and I like that aspect of it. Mm. I like that it's a comic book almost literally come to life, but I, d- I don't like Tara Strong, and she she talks a lot on that. <laughs> really? You don't like Tara Strong? No, I don't know why. <laughs> I just I like her as Batgirl. I'll take her as Batgirl. I won't take her as Harley Quinn, ever. If Arlene Sorkin's still alive, what are we doing, guys? But that's just that's a whole different tangent. Oh, speaking of which, wasn't she in uh, Clerks Animated? She was one of the giggling girls. Oh, was she? I want to say yeah. Oh, I think that maybe that, she did a... Love that show. That was. I great. just watched all six just the other day. It is. Couple of giggling girls. Do you want to hear like nerd level three thousand? Sure. I have the inaction figures, and I'm gonna get the Funko McDonald's. Mayor McCheese and Officer Mac. So when I do the infection scene, like I could live, I could be like, look, they're all here. Because if you remember, the mayor is in a Mayor McCheese suit. Yeah, I remember. That's my favorite episode of the whole thing. So good. Well, that it's between that and the the trial episode. Yeah, the ending of that is pretty. That whole episode is ridiculous. Judge Reinhold. So they did that joke before Arrested Development, right? I would take your word on it. I have not watched that show. Oh, I love Arrested Development. But there's a judge, Judge Reinhold plays a judge on Arrested Development. And I'm pretty sure, and that was like, I think season three of Arrested Development. When did that come out? Let me look. If that was 2003, then Clerks did it first. I think it was, yeah, Arrested Development was 2003 when that came out. So no matter what, the Clerks cartoon was first. Um, now in Arrested Development, do they make him call him Judge Judge Reinhold? No, it's they're on a show called Mock Trial with Jay Reinhold because they don't he doesn't want to be called. But then they have these ads where they open up a magazine and he's like, "My name is Judge." So like, <laughs> oh, funny. I hope they make a Beverly Hills Cop four 
and he comes back for it. I hope that happens. And they should if they made a they made another one of every other action franchise like they should they should do Beverly Hills Cop 4. I'd watch it. True. Last thing in this section that I wanted to talk about <laughs> is our uh our little experience that we had. So not only did we meet for the first time, but we met because we were in the same location at the same time, and that wasn't an accident. Jay and Silent Bob opened up a new shop. Well, Kevin Smith did, and Jay Muse was there. And we know Walt. You know the story. It's not like Jay and Silent Bob are real, just in case anybody's listening. Like, really? They did? No, Jay and Silent <laughs> Bob's uh, Secrets Dash moved from 35 to 65 Broad Street. We got tickets, and we went, and we saw, and tell them about your experience. Okay. Um. Well, I guess I should give some backstory on on in case anyone doesn't know or whatever. But a couple back in November of 2019, I my wife bought me meet and greet tickets to meet Kevin Smith during the reboot Roadshow tour. I it was a surprise. I didn't know I was going to be meeting them until that day. And then when I went, yeah, I didn't know what the VIP experience was. Like I didn't know what that actually meant i thought it was going to be in a room kind of like what happened this past weekend i thought it was going to be similar to that but it wasn't it was like they brought me alone into a room with kevin and jay and i mean no one else was in there and kev was just like you know sit down like talk, ask me anything you want water blah, blah, blah. this is your shot you know like and i was like oh you know i was like told him how my wife bought the tickets i didn't know it was going to be there i sh i had uh, a thing that i wanted them to sign that was already signed by brian o'halloran and he took it from me and he looked at it and he saw brian's name and he pointed and i said i worked with brian before and he was like on oh, what and i said uh it was a show called grain piece um it's on youtube or whatever and he was like right on and then we started talking and then i mentioned now at this point in time i had just started doing claymation videos and i was like Hey, I started doing, I, I, I do claymation videos too. So like, if you ever need anybody um, to do that, you know, I can. So he's like, let me see. So I showed him and then he was like, how much would you charge for this? And I was like, what? And he was like, how much would you charge for this? And I was like, for you? He's like, yeah, man. I was like, for you, dude, I would do it for free. He was like, I'm trying to employ you, motherfucker. Uh, so I, I woke up that morning not knowing I was going to meet him, and I ended the day with him hiring me to make claymation videos for him. So my head kind of exploded a little bit. I, I, I have since done um, the, the claymation a promo for uh, Jane Silent Pop Reboot on Blu-ray when that came out on Blu-ray, and um, the movie's pop-up, I did a claymation for that. And now my intro is the Wake and Bake intro on the that kevin smith club so that's all crazy so this past weekend i met kevin at the opening of the new giant son bob secret stash and i and i said hey kev it's joe griffo and he was like joe it's really good to see you man and um you know and we took pictures i signed the, the wall and then I, we're free to shop so people were talking to him so like i waited till they were done then i went over and i was like kev did you get my package because i emailed i mean i emailed i sent him um clay kevin that, that's in the wake and bake video and he was like, I did get it. I got it right before I came on the trip, so I didn't open it yet. But I saw your name, and I was like, I know who this is. And, um, you know, that made me feel cool. And then I said, it's kind of wild to me. Like, you're one of my idols, and it's just wild to me that, like, you know who I am. And he goes, know you. Dude, we're basically co-workers now. Which, by the way, um, you're going to be hearing from me soon about some stuff. So I was like, okay. Like, I have no idea what that's about. I'm excited, though. I have no idea, but... Hopefully it's something cool. If it, oh my God, I don't know what it would. I really, it was probably animation related. 
Um, but if it was like, hey, you want to be in Clerks? Like that, my mom. I don't think it is that, but that would just be crazy. I would love. To, I'll do whatever. Just what do you want me to do? So I went in just a little bit after the, the way they set it up, in my opinion, was super smart and not to get too political. But, you know, in my opinion, it was super smart because of everything that's going on. They can only let a certain amount of people in. You had to buy your tickets prehand. Those people were let in. You're led around in a giant. I was going to say, oh, but a zero, whatever. And then you take a photograph and you get back in line. And like you said, it was so fucking cool. So the facade there forever, as long as it stands, will have our names written in our own handwriting because we got to tag it. So mm-hmm. if you go into the store all the way at the back wall, it looks like the facade of the clerks of the quick stop, excuse me, and the shutters are down. And we actually tagged the shutters. Now, from what I understand, they'll never be visible. Only we will know that they're under there because the sign is going to stay up. Of, I assure you we're open. But we know they're fucking there. And if they had ever is seen, well, again, no. So that's in my head how it was going to go was super duper procedural of like, don't get too close to Mr. Smith. Don't get too close to Mr. Muse. Get in, get your picture taken and get out. But after all of what I just said was done, all of a sudden I look and he's just standing there and he starts walking towards me and my friend who I met up with there. And I was like, oh my God, he's coming this way. That's weird. And then he just stops in front of us and he's like, hey, man. And I just didn't yeah. know what the fuck to do. I was just like, hey. <laughs> and he goes, how are you? I go, I'm really good. How are you? He goes, oh, good, good. You like this? And it was like the weirdest thing. So I'm sitting there going, are, is this happening? Am I happy? Like, did I fall or did something come off the like the ceiling and hit me maybe or something like that? Like, I'm doing good. And we just bullshitted. I don't know. It seemed like forever because it, it was a little nice. So we're on the Skype call right now. And obviously we each got a shirt. That was the other fucking cool part about this meet and greet. They gave us fucking swag. But he's talking to me and I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I know that I probably shouldn't eat up your time. But I just find myself saying more and more words. And I don't want this to end. But I also don't want you to think I'm scary, so I'm just going to probably, like, yeah, I think I should just keep talking. And he's just like, yeah, uh uh-huh. And he's still not telling me to fuck off. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is cool. But long story short, like, I gave him a card for this show, and he was like, why don't I have cards? And I was like, because you have too many podcasts. You need a lot of cards. And he went, huh. And I was like, he laughed at my kind of weird joke. And and that's where I exited. I was like, all right, well, I guess you have to say, like, I I, I don't want to say I brushed him off, but I just, I, I, I felt weird keeping him there, like, you should make him go away before you freak him out because I think you ended pretty well. Yeah, no, it was weird because I told him I told him um, that I framed the, the check that they sent me because they paid me to do the claymations. I told I told him I framed it. He went, you framed it? I was like, yeah, it's in that the I assure you we're open sign that you and Jay both signed for me. I've put it in there. It's so it's all framed that he just like put his hands on his heart like, oh, and I was like, it's crazy. I think that's when I said it's wild to me that you know who I am because, you know, that whole thing. Oh, man. Oh, and I also told him about the the mushroom story, which was funny, too. Um, I guess I could talk about that here, right? I don't care. I was going to say, do you mind repeating the mushroom story for us? No, that's uh, it's kind of funny. I mean, I don't I don't want to I don't do this often, but it was like me, my wife and my cousin went into the Pine Barrens in New Jersey and ate magic mushrooms. Well, me and my cousin did. My wife did not. So during the earlier that day, before we went and did that, uh, Kevin posted something and I commented on the post, like, thank you for letting me make art for you or whatever. And um, later, while in the Pine Barrens during this trip, my phone buzzes and I look at my phone and it says, Kevin Smith commented on your comment or whatever. And I'm like, what? 
so I open it and and what it says was I love your art kids if you're part of that Kevin Smith club and a member of the wake and bake this is the genius behind the title card now I'm tripping balls so I was just like was, is this real I said <laughs> to my wife I know the phone I know the screen is melting but did Kevin Smith just call me a genius <laughs> it was, so I told him that story and in, well, he just laughed. Uh, I but I was just like, "That's what a time to get that message." That was just like, the characters on the phone screen were changing. I was like, "Does this really say this?" I thought that was funny, but yeah, it was just such a surreal. It's just surreal that like I kind of have this working relationship with him now, and it's weird. I'm gonna be hearing from him soon. Apparently, I don't know about what I did pitch him something a while ago, and maybe it's that, but. You know, who knows? Keeping fingers crossed. But uh, I it's a literal dream come true. I mean, he is the reason I wanted to be a filmmaker and an actor and get into the business. And he, he made it seem possible. So to be able to work with him in any capacity is like a dream come true for me because I did not ever expect I, I did not expect that meet and greet to turn into this. Like, I did not expect that at all. Like, he met thousands of people. You know what I mean? Like, I... I did not like my clay figures are in his house next to pictures of Harley, his his kid. Like that's what he told me. Like he told me that. Like, just like that's. I guess you know they say you shouldn't meet your heroes, but like I am glad he was one of my heroes because he's definitely somebody worth admiring for sure. Yeah, really, really nice guy. Could not be any nicer. Just was super fun to talk to. I also brought up the other time that I met him. So this would be my second time. And we were down at the Atlantic Highland Movie Theater. He did the Q&A. Um, there's a fucked up story in between there. But at the very end, he came out and we talked a little bit. But the funny part about that screening was, is we were down there. He was down there because all the proceeds were going to go to somebody that he knew set this event up to like save or promote or hype up whatever it was cinema local cinema and through this uh other fest that was going to happen long story short the lady who set this up to get the money for that thing gave kev a hand job back in the day and he obviously had no fucking problem telling us so he gets up and he's like yeah hey what's up everybody are her kids gone and everybody's like what he's like lynn whatever her name was lynn are your kids gone i think it was lynn i don't know why i thought it was lynn and she goes, yeah. And she goes, huh, we didn't think this would happen after a hand job or something like that. And it was just like, oh, my God, this is so fucking funny. Because it reminds me of one of the stories of in uh, Evening with Kevin Smith. He's like, when your parents leave, you know, and you just call up everybody and like, hey, do you want to come over and give me a hand job? No, hangs up. Hey, you want to come over and give me a hand job? No, boom. Oh, shit, my parents are home. I'll just give myself a hand job. And now we know that it was one of those people who gave him a hand job. And I, and he said that and like the same kind of thing. He put his hand on his heart and he leaned back and he's like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I was like, I, I'll never forget it. So it's out there. That was great. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this is the second time in person meeting him, but I guess this is the fourth time we've talked like either digital, like, like how I'm talking to you right now or messages on twitter or instagram or whatever but like direct messages not i don't know i guess i guess it's been four times specifically what about muse no i never talk i mean other than when i met him the first time and then this time like i i told him who i was and then i and then i don't think he remembered the first time and then i was like i made the wake and bake intro and he was like oh cool 
nice. This was my first time meeting Muse ever, and he was super cool. Like he was a little bit more procedural, is like I like to call it, but he was just really making sure that we got everything done. And like my friend had a poster, and he got it signed right away, and put a funny message on there and everything. And he was just a really cool guy as well. It was a really fun experience to go there for the opening. It was two days over this weekend. I don't know how many people were in there, so if it's like ten every about forty minutes, they were doing it. I don't know, not too many, but enough that a lot of people are happy and got to sign the wall and got to see every thing and it's a good fucking time i had a great time i like the new setup of the place i think ernie did a great job i introduced myself to him too and i was like i'm the guy that did the wake and bake intro and he was like oh shit claymation's a pain in the ass fan that's awesome awesome stuff very time consuming i was like i know i was like i love it and hate it at the same time because <laughs> it really is so time consuming but no, it's not that. It's it's more ma- the, the actual animation. I don't mind doing. It's making everything to get to the point of animating it is is the thing I hate the most. Like making the dolls, making the set, all that stuff. That's my least favorite part. The actual shooting of it, I really enjoy. But the everything else is a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, you make the teeniest tiniest little sets and everything, and have to get all the effects ready, and it's got to be I just think it's such fun. a time problem. It's like playing with, it's like I, I get to play with toys, <laughs> like at a very, very, very slow rate of speed, but I get to make them do whatever I want them to do. And it's, it, I like to look at it that way. It's like, I just started playing with toys and filming it, like <laughs> making, and I make my own toys now. And I, cause I used to do that when I was a kid, I would make kind of stop motion videos, but they weren't anywhere near, like they were terrible of my action figures like, I made one with Men in Black figures and Star Wars. There was a Star Wars one that I did. Um, all terrible. My cat was, like, a big monster in one of them. <laughs> That's fun, though. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. It was just, you know. I mean, they were. I was real young, so they're terrible. I don't even have them anymore, unfortunately. I wish I still did. Sorry if you hear snoring. It's my dog behind me. Just That's funny as fuck. Yeah, she's out. Yeah, she's just passed out. <laughs> With that, though, I think that we can... uh, I know that the three-act structure of the show is kind of going a little bit different because there is no superhero to technically talk about in this, so I kind of put Kev as the superhero, and then we'll talk about his life in superheroes, and then if we have some time left, talk about more of his films. So Kevin, I put the publisher of him, so usually I go like, who's the superhero? And it's Kevin Smith, who's the publisher? And it's Don and Grace Smith, which I thought was cute. Uh, He debuted, if you will, in 1970. And his power breakdown is that he's an all-around great guy, like we just talked about. That power is very strong with him being one of the most humble and nice, welcoming, warm guy. I think I said it in the little vlog that I made of going there. It seemed as if this dude just had all of his friends over to come hang out in his new clubhouse. We were just all welcome, and he's a great people pusher as well. Like, he knows how to address the crowd and get them in and get them, all right, this is what we're going to do, and then after that, just chilling out and being like all right great we got through what we had to quote unquote contractually get through like we did the pictures here's your stuff and then once it was done it was just like hey good to see you what's up it's informal after that it was so yeah it was awesome because at first it was like a convention like where you would just okay you take the picture hey how's it going then you got to move along and then right after the pictures and signing were done and they got the shots they needed everybody was just like i didn't know you could just walk up to him and talk to him at that point yeah, again, because of the COVID thing, I thought it was going to only be the former of what you just said, the quote-unquote convention style of it, of just like, yeah. next, all right, point, I all mean, right, I one, think, two, three. 
I still think it was done safely. Like there was ten less than ten people in the place at it at at it, at least when I was in there. I don't know if it, if they let more people in later, but um, and everybody had masks on. Nobody took the mask down or anything. So super professional. No, it was done great. Because it can be, I guess. It wasn't Agreed. it wasn't crowded and people were keeping away from each other and you know they had the times for a reason. It also felt like it made it more intimate because. If they didn't have it set up like that, we wouldn't been you wouldn't have been able to talk to Kevin as long as you did. You know what I mean? You had a half hour to walk around the store pretty much to or at least twenty minutes to shop at or talk to them or both. Um, yeah, it was great. Really quick for the comic side of it. Have you ever read any of Kev's comics that are not Viewers Universe that are superhero based? I did. I read Green Arrow Quiver. Is that what it was? Yeah, with Phil Hester. That was 2001 yeah. to 2002. Now, I'm I don't missing remember, number one. I need I number remember, one for the full run. I don't remember anything about it. I know I read it, and I read it when I was in college. And I did I read this Daredevil? I had that one on uh, digital. So I read it once a little bit ago, but never went ahead and bought paperback. And then, of course, that device isn't there anymore. The Whatever I had it on isn't there anymore. But Guardian Devil with Joe Quesada, and that's... I think that's okay. how and when they met to get the uh, aforementioned covers done for Mall Rats. Okay, I, I have read Kisada. Yeah, yeah, I've read like the View Askew comics that he's written. My favorite being Chasing Dogma, but not the, not many of the. I I'm really behind on the comics. I really gotta get back into it. It's been a long time since I've. I used to go every week and buy books. It's been a while. <laughs> been a while. But he's also done Batman with Walt Flanagan, which anybody who's listening who's like, I think I know that name. I mean, you might if you know Kevin's name because he runs Kevin's comic book store, which they had a giant show, which is one of my favorite go-tos of watching nothing while doing something or just having something on the background. I can't even tell you how many times I've gone through it. The other kind of connection through this world is Batman 66 meets the Green Hornet, which he did with Ralph Garman writing, who's he does oh, Hollywood Babylon. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's awesome. Then the most recent thing that he did that I want to check out, I have not done it yet, was The Hit Girl in Hollywood. I don't know where that takes place in the timeline because I know there's uh, Kick-Ass 1, 2, 3, and I think it's either 2.5 or 1. There is a, a Hit Girl miniseries in between, but I don't know if this is in line with that or after. Or, I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know. I want to read it, though. Interesting. I didn't know that either. I've only read Kick-Ass 1. Super good though, right? I like. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's just that's like around when I stopped getting comics. So like that's like you know what I mean. That's that was probably the one of the last ones I actually read. I just looked it up. So it's Kick Ass Two. It's called the Prelude, Hit Girl. So it must be yeah, in between two and three that that one takes place. So now I'm wondering if this. What did I just say? The name was fuck Hit Girl in Hollywood. Excuse me. I wonder if that where that falls in line. I really want to check that out soon. I did get um. I mean, totally unrelated, but I the last comic I physically bought was the Miles Morales Volume One and Two Spider Man uh, books. And oh, that cool! Was like, that was a that was a few years back. So, like, it's, I'm just saying that's how long it's been since I've bought comics, and I'm I'm sad about it. I I need to get more. The most current thing I pulled was the Three Jokers. Uh, my my buddy Tom was telling me about that. It was pretty awesome. It was a good read. Other than that, like there's Ollie's out here and I'll go down Ollie's and it'll be like a big ass graphic novel. It'll be like six bucks. Like, mm -hmm. fuck yeah, I'll buy this, you know, and it's nothing current. So like I just bought Chris Claremont Wolverine. 
Okay. I was like, all right, I'll pick this up. And then I picked up as well the Justice League meets Hellboy. And I was like, that exists. And it does because I picked that up as well for like six bucks or some shit like that. So I'm reading a lot of backlogs right now. But the most current, yeah, the three Jokers, I thought it was pretty entertaining. I wanted to get the last Ronin, the Ninja Turtles comic. Yeah. About that. A good friend of mine, the Reasons I'm Broke podcast, they did that. It's it's They did a whole review. They did give the spoiler, so I do know who the last Ronin is, but it is still something I want to I wanna go through and read because it sounded fucking kick-ass. Not to be messed up with kick-ass. I, yeah, I have a, I mean, I have a guess. I have no idea. I have a guess as to who it is, and I'll ask you after we're done, just because I don't know when I'll be able to ever read it, but, um, if I was gonna buy a comic, that would, that would be one that I would buy. I just haven't been, there was, I, I guess you could get them online, right? But now they're probably, like, variant cover number three. It's like, and I'll be like, but I wanted print number one, so do I really want to spend more money? Uh... <laughs> it does, yeah. It gets really, it's funny too. If the same guy who I'm talking about, he was a guest on here and I liked asking him questions about running a comic book store and having to buy stuff and all the different things that they try to sell them to try to sell us. And they're different, you know, it's, it's crazy, the industry and seeing where it's going, but I love that it's still going. Again, I like to shout them out every time I can. Comics by the Green, Downtown Scranton, What, the Electric City. Definitely go there. They've got a giant silver surfer. It's awesome. That does sound cool. Yeah. Well, I guess technically I was in a comic book store over the past week, uh, you know, at Giant Soft Bob's Secret Stash. Uh, uh, yeah, we literally just said that, but I didn't fucking buy any comics. Me either. That's why I was oh, like, I was there. But the other <laughs> thing is, is every time I'm at a comic book store, I ask them if they have a comic that I'm interested in, and they never do. So I'm like, okay. Like when Bill and Ted, uh, the new Bill and Ted with Evan Dorkin, right? He, what was it called? Bill and Ted are Doomed was the name of the comic. And it took place right between Bogus Journey and the new movie, Face the Music. And I wanted to get that, and they didn't have it. Kind of the flashback there, so, oh, I like that little setup there with the flashback there. Have you watched any episodes of The Flash or Supergirl that Kev has done? Not the, not that Kevin's done. I've, I saw the pilot episode of Flash. The only DC show, like, I watched Arrow and, um, like, the first couple seasons of Arrow, and then I just haven't caught up with anything since then. And then, once again, this isn't, like, I didn't like these shows, I... It was. I saw the first episode of The Flash, and I did like that, and then I never finished it. I, I, I eventually will, I'm sure, when I'm like, I'm in a superhero mood. What do I want to watch? Yeah, I never saw this one. That's probably when it'll happen. I did see the clips of them as, like, not really Jay and Silent Bob, but which one was that on? Was that Supergirl or The Flash? In The Flash, the first one Kevin does, I believe the shtick is that Jay is walking out, or maybe they're... Oh, Aren't they I carrying something? They're like security guards? Maybe that was the first one, and the other one that I'm thinking of, kid, like Jay gets his mom's car destroyed or something, but I think you're right. The first time ever, they were both security guards carrying some shit. I think I saw... I, I did see that clip. I saw that clip. Um, and once, once again, I probably will go back and watch all of these shows. I just haven't done it yet i watched the first season of the flash for sure and it was pretty good and then lost just as i lost cable and as i lost my appetite for appointment television like fuck it i'll buy it like you said eventually mm -hmm. i'll find it out a bin it somewhere first season for blank dollars <laughs> and i'll just rip through it that way on my own terms with my dvd rather than having to worry about if it's somewhere or if it's going to be there later or bullshit like that but i believe i saw his episodes of the flash 
haven't seen almost any of Supergirl. I think I watched the pilot, but that was on like CBS, not what it eventually went to CW. Hmm. I didn't know that. We already kind of brought up comic book men. Did you watch Geeking Out? Did I? With Greg Grunberg as well. They called him Grunny the whole time, and I was like, that's, I wouldn't want to be called Grunny. Was that where he would interview people? Yeah, he was definitely a nerd. He was in the um, jersey-wearing portion of his life. It was like the first episode, Carrie Fisher, or was uh, she one of the people that he interviewed? Could be. I know that J.J. was there because him and Greg Grunberg are like childhood best friends. That's why every time you see J.J. Abrams doing something, it's like, hey, look, it's Greg fucking Grunberg. I think I did. I think I I know if that's the same show, I watched a couple of them because I was at my cousin's house and it was on his thing. I was dog sitting and I remember putting that on for a while. So I think I saw I think I saw a bunch of those episodes. It's on Amazon. Sorry to cut you off there a little bit, but yeah, it was on Amazon. Yeah, that's probably that is probably what I was watching then. Not bad, but I definitely Comic Book Men is, in my opinion, one of the greatest shows to ever be made. I love Walt, Bry, Ming, Zap. I love them all. I love everything that they do on that show. And then especially as it starts to go into it more and they get more and more people on there, like, oh, his name just jumped right out of my head. Of course, they got Stan Lee, but I was thinking of Adam West. Eventually, Burt Ward also was on there. Freddy Krueger was on there. Massive amounts of celebrities came on. And it's like, I fucking know them. Hold on. I think I'm actually thinking of a different show. Spoilers with Kevin Smith. That was on like Screen Junkies, right? That's that. I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Carrie that was on quote unquote TV, right? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I was watching. Sorry, totally different show. Um, I'll have to look that up. Spoilers with Kevin Smith, because I was like Carrie Fisher's on it. I don't think she's on. That's what was, my dog's kicking me. Hi, Boo Boo. Do you know what she charged to be on Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? No. Two beaver chairs. Really. <laughs> Yeah, she said something to the effect of paraphrasing, considering the subject material, I think that that's a pretty good payment. They were a set of antique beaver chairs. Wow, that's kind of awesome and funny. And my other favorite story that came from that day on set is apparently like Jay was just being Jay and trying to be cute and like mack it a little bit. And apparently she just put him in his fucking place. She was like, don't do that. You know, there's a part of me that's a that's a girl and that girl wants to be fucked by somebody. And you're making me think that. And if you're just fucking around just to fuck with me, like, that's not cool. And he's just sat there like, uh, like, I I guess we could fuck if you want. Like, I don't. Sorry. (laughs) And like from that day or from that moment on, like she just like put him in his place and earned his respect. And he followed around just like, oh, like learning stuff and taking it seriously. And I just love that idea of fucking her. Just don't you do that. Don't you do that, Jason Muse. Oh, man, I have a funny story real quick. Um, I was was at Monster Mania in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, and I was out front. This is before the convention started, and my friend Tom is with me, and this car pulls up, and this woman gets out of her car with her dog, and my friend goes over to talk to her because he says, oh, my God, your dog's really cute. Can I pet him? And she's like, yeah. And like I, my back is turned, but they're like five feet away from me, and I'm not looking right. And I, I'm looking at this Batmobile and all these bootleg DVDs. And Tom comes over to me, and he goes, "You gotta, you gotta come over and 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 say hi to this this dog. His name's Gary." I said, "Dude, I'm I'm just I'm here. I'm looking. I'll see the dog. Like I'm looking at this right now." And they walk away and forget about it. Later on, we see. He sees the woman with the dog, and she's got like a security escort. And he's like, "Dude, that's the dog." I said, "That's who you were talking to?" He's like, "Yeah, it's Tom. That's Carrie Fisher, dude." 
I was like, you were talking to Carrie Fisher for five minutes, and all you said to me was, you got to pet this dog. His name's Gary. Now, also, this is before, like, Gary. I don't know if she had just gotten him or whatever, but, like, he wasn't, you know, people didn't know the dog's name. I didn't know the dog's name at the time. So I was just <laughs> like, he's like, I didn't know it was her. <laughs> I mean, he's a Star Wars fan, too. Like, it's not like he doesn't know who Carrie Fisher is. So it's just like, ugh. that's insane to kind of backtrack the same way. Once I met you, we were going to go down to the Starbucks and kill some time. And right. the guy who did all the photos was no other than Dr. Josh Roush, not a real doctor. If you're familiar with all of the world as much <laughs> as we are, he does all of the sights and sounds for Hollywood Babylon and made the terrific Magnum Dopus, the making of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Find that on Amazon as well. It's fucking brilliant. But I was so excited that I saw him and I was going to get to say hi to him that I walked past Jason Mewes completely to be like, hey, Josh. And he went, hi. And I went, how are you, man? Just feeling cool. Like I noticed Josh and like I said, hi. And he looked at me and said, hi. And that was cool. My wife was like, did you say hi to Jason too? And I was like, who? She goes, Jason. Jay. And I was like, Jay, 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 like JJ. And she goes, yeah, fucking Jay was like, right. You just walked and walked right past him. I said I was, hi oh, to him. Gosh. Cause I was carrying the stuff they had, they had just signed for me. And he looked right at me and I went, Hey, and he went, Hey, and then we just, <laughs> I thought you said hi to him too. Nope. Nope. I was just, cause <laughs> I just wanted to like long story short, there was a time that I put something on Twitter and he reached out to like, just be a real human fucking being about it. And I was, so I brought that up to him and I was like, that meant a lot. Thanks. And he said, Oh, that's very nice. So I just wanted like, it was, it was a weird thing. <laughs> The last three we should talk about, in my opinion, would be then Red State Tuscan Yoga Hosers, his kind of horror, horror styles. So I will put Tuscan Yoga Hosers in the same category. Let's first, do you like Red State? Oh, I loved Red State. So fucking good. Red State, I feel like, proves that he can do more than just have people tell. Like that, technically, that movie is great. Like the way it's shot, the, the acting, the, the story, it's dark. It, with the exception of his wife being in it, there's and Ralph Garman, but at the time, like there's no way to know it was a Kevin Smith movie at all, and that's not a bad thing. Like it was totally like a 180 from the stuff they did before, and in a good way, not not in a bad way. Like so it's also weird. It's not really available many places. Like I, I, it was on Amazon for like a hot minute. I saw it for a little bit, and I told some people to watch it, but I haven't seen it there available again. Michael Parks just absolutely fucking kills it during that. Anybody who's, it reminds me of if he was going to try to make a Quentin Tarantino film almost, not just because of Michael Parks, just because there's no A to B. It goes from A to B, B to C, C to D, E to E, like if you know what I mean. And eventually once you look at the whole thing, it's cohesive. But there are some times where you're watching it like at first it's just these kids and they have this objective yeah, to go like, and then all of a sudden it twists and then all of a sudden at the very end you're like wait is this happening and then you're just sitting in an FBI room like i know i'm jumping a lot but in my opinion the movie jumps and you're just like at the very end you're like whoa that was cool <laughs> yeah no i i love red state i would that's a for sure now a little bit more controversial then is tusk cuz that's a little bit more batshit crazy if you will i love tusk i I give it a B because it's a B movie. I mean, legitimately, by definition, it's a B movie. And I love that. So it's, I mean, I love B movies in general, like movies that are with plots that are ridiculous like this. But I mean, 
it's not like that the actors in the movie that's what's cool about Tusk and why I really like it. It's that the actors in the movie are take playing it 100% serious. It's not really over the top. I mean, it's an over the top movie, but the performances, Michael Parks towards the end, it gets over the top, but like in a, in the, in the best way possible. I feel, I don't know. I love that movie, but I would give it a B for those who don't know. Michael Parks again, uh, takes Justin long and makes him a walrus yes. pause for effect. Dot, dot, dot makes him a walrus. Go and definitely check that one out. How that we got made. That's that's more fascinating than the movie itself. Documentary called Walrus. Yes, it's free on YouTube, I think. Yes, he put it on his YouTube channel pretty recently. Once this all started, the pandemic, I mean by this all, he put it up almost pretty immediately. And I love that as well. So, yeah, if you want to know about the making of Tusk, check that out. In that, they were uh, introduced to the Colleen's. Mm-hmm. And from that, I can kind of talk about yoga hoses because this is the one that a lot of people don't like. But yeah. I, I really, really love yoga hoses. I don't. I didn't like that one. That's the one I would give like a C. I don't. I gotta watch it again. But like, I mean, it was it was okay. It's not my favorite. Probably. Oh, I think it's just like what you were talking about when you said cartoon. Like it is a cartoon for me for sure, and it yeah. just needs all the zaniness and. I don't, I, I'm just fine with it. I just, I love every single fucking second. Cause again, it's got that weird twist where you just think that the girl's in a band and like, we know something weird's happening and the get out of my butt is happening. But when the guy pops out, when the, when the fucking Bratzy pops a wunderbar, that shit's fucked, man. I love showing people that movie and just watching them knowing that moment's happening. I don't know how I felt about it. I love it. It's 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 definitely a little bit weirder. And then Ralph Garman again gets to just shine at the very end, and not in the best way. It's not. It's it's a performance, and I think they even joked about it. That's almost twenty, thirty years too late, but it's still, in my opinion, fucking funny. So I'm fine with it. It's another thing. Like people are like, I don't hate many movies. I feel like hate is a very strong word. I I would want to watch Yoga Hosers again because it's. I didn't really like it the first time I saw it but maybe that would change upon a revisit. I don't know what I expected it to be. You know what I mean? Like, I, you, know what I, you know what I mean? I don't know what my expectations were when I first watched it. So it was like, I don't know. But that's probably my least favorite of all of his movies, if you're not counting Cop Out. And even then, I have to watch that again, because I only saw it once when it first came out. All right, so the dreaded question then, out of all the movies we talked about today, that force in which I talked about being a dick, leaving you on an island, with a television and DVD player that works, and three copies of the movies we talked about, or three of them. I think you're getting what I'm saying. you got to pick fucking three. Which ones would you pick? Three, you said? Three, yeah. Clerks 2, Dogma, Mallrats. Nice. I, too, would go Clerks 2. I think I would pivot for Zach and Miri, and the final for me would be Reboot. I really like Reboot. I like Reboot a lot, too. I, I, I don't... The opening is, I think it was because I read the script and I think it's funnier on paper than the way it uh, the actually opens. But like, I do love reboot. The, my favorite line in that whole movie is, "Where are we? We're some out somewhere outside New Orleans. We're in Connecticut." <laughs> <laughs> favorite part of that movie. It was really good. I like that experience as well. Like you got to go to the road show. That was cool. But if you remember, they also did two days in theaters, and that's how I was able to see it. And one with a friend, and that was a really good day. I love that I movie. I wanted to go, and my I had a feeling I was getting tickets for the road show because my wife wouldn't let me go to the Fathom Events thing. 
And I was like, oh, but I, I once again, I did not know it was going to be the meet and greet ticket. I thought it was, she was literally just getting me tickets to see the movie, which I would have been totally happy with. You know what I mean? And then like the Q&A or whatever. Well, man, I really can't say thanks enough. I've had such a great time. Kevin is a big part of my life. It's the entire reason I'm fucking podcasting right now. Like, I can't even say how many times on how many different podcasts he was like, dude, if you're not doing this, just do it. And it's been great. You know, as I've switched up my format, I've got to reach out to people like you. You know, this is the first time we've heard each other's voice if we hadn't met each other, you know? Sure. So that's great that we're going to start doing this. I enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed it. And I hope you could say that you'll come back for future episodes as well. Absolutely, dude. Whenever you want, I'll come back. Before we get on out of here completely, do you want to plug any of the stop motion stuff that you're talking about, where they can go, where they can follow you, where they can get updates? Well, if you guys are part of the That Kevin Smith Club and you want the wake and bakes uh my intro is is the intro for the wake and bakes which is pretty cool um there's a show that i made called brew crew i voice read it's this is the voice pretty much uh, it's on facebook and i think it'll be on youtube soon too but it's a facebook right now it's on facebook you can watch that there and uh, that's all i got going on right now Thank you so very much for coming out. Thank you for the listeners who have been here. Uh, again, the best thing that I can ask for, if you just had a time, you had a good time, would be to uh, share this. Share the link. Share however you listen to it. It would be much appreciated. Until then, we will catch you at the next episode of Buds, Bros, and Superheroes. And with that, we are uh, out of here.